Welcome to the New Hope 365 podcast. Our youth group, G1, currently meets from 7 to 8.30 p.m. on Wednesday evenings. They have a lot of fun activities planned this summer, so be sure to follow their Instagram account, nh365students, to keep up with the latest. Our adult and children's ministries meet Sunday mornings at 10.30 a.m., and we'd love to have you join us. Masks are optional. And now, here is today's message. Today, I continue on in a series on identity, and I have made it my goal. I've made it my goal to finish the book of Ephesians uh, before we transition to uh, Freedom's location. And so if you have your Bibles, turn to Ephesians chapter 5. I also have included it in the Bible app for you to look and go to events, but make sure you go to week uh, 17. Um, Yes, that's week 17 on um, this topic of longing for love, longing for love. And so... Uh, this topic of identity um, and, and Ephesians, we know, as I've taught about it, is a book on identity. It's who you are in Christ Jesus. Who you are in Christ Jesus. It's a big concept. And it's, it's uh, our Heavenly Father desires us to know our identity because have you ever met somebody that's really insecure? If you meet somebody that's usually really, really, really insecure, they're not, they're not, secure, in necess- they're not secure in who they are. But if you, sometimes you meet somebody and you, they're, they're this secure individual. I'm not talking like ego secure. I'm talking where they're just secure as an individual. They don't have to be fa- you know, fancy or flashy or frilly. They just are secure. More often than not, when I meet individuals like that, what, it, what they're saying is, I'm secure with who I am and it's okay. And so our Heavenly Father desires us to know that, and Paul speaks to that in Ephesians, and I've talked about how our identity is one that you're either in idolatry or you're in Christ. You're in idolatry or you're in Christ. And what does that mean? It means today, as I'm looking at longing for love, is that in our identities, we're often what? We're longing for something. What is it that you've longed for in your life? Question. What is it that you go, man, I really longed for that? What is it you long for? This question. I'm asking, you can answer it online, you can type it in. Uh, We long for a beach vacation. Yes, right? I am with you. Can I go? Yes, all right. What else? What else do you long for? Not all at once. Oh, financial independence. That's a wonderful thing. I, you know, you long to be financially independent and debt-free, right? Yes. And Doug Carroll goes, amen, yes, yes. So who else? What do you long for? Ah, yes, yes. Some long for adventure. Well, some desire peace, security, Akuna Matata or whatever, yes. What else? Long for. What have you longed for in your life? Anybody? Deeper connection with God. Yeah, deeper connection. That, that is, so 
So we all are looking around in life and you're, you're born with this, this natural desire and longing for something and you're born and of course you have natural longings for food and shelter and things like that and most of us have that's been taken care of and then time passes and, and what, you're, what you're finding is that over time we become discontent, don't we? I don't know if you're human like me, right? We're all human. At some level, you become discontent. People, people become discontent with jobs. People become discontent with spouses. People become discontent with children. People become discontent with, with uh, people in the community. People become discontent with politicians and pastors. And, and they become discontent with churches. They become discontent. And what I have found in our relationship with our Heavenly Father is all the discontentment, all of the disgruntledness, all of the stuff that you have been longing for is found in the person of Jesus Christ. All the stuff that you are longing for, all the new, fancier, flashier, Things that you might long for. The moment that you go, oh, I hope today that I'm going to go do this. I hope that I'm going to go have an awesome moment. I hope that I'm going to go get that job and get that raise. I hope all of us are longing to have something fulfilled. And we think when we get to the something that we will be fulfilled. And our Heavenly Father goes, yes, I've given you a thing called fulfillment that you are to seek and you are to pursue and all of that. But if you're seeking and looking for it in the wrong places, you'll never find fulfillment. And longing for love. It's the thing that humans, we as humans, pursue and look for and want. It's kind of like our culture, isn't it? Always, always, always. And then a person gets married. I... The, the, the one I met an individual years ago married eight times. And they, they in, their, in their relationship, they were going for next and next. And when the feeling wears out and there's no more that euphoria, they pursue something else. And I don't know if you've ever heard this, but those things which we idolize, we end up demonizing. And what we do is, we, we, whether, that, whether that's your spouse or whether that's your children or whatever, and if they don't do what you want and you think that that's going to be fulfilling, what happens is when they don't, we demonize and then we begin to loathe or push away the very thing that we thought would fulfill. And what I have asked the Lord for years, and I keep doing this and I encourage you to do it, is to say, would you be my source would you be, it's, it's as simple as that. Would you be my source, God? Please, because everything is vying for my attention. Everything is vying for our, our lives and, our, and, and for f- uh, fulfillment. And, and our Heavenly Father is going, if you would just, find, everything you can find to fulfill is found in the kingdom of God. And I know it doesn't often feel that way, but we get to then Ephesians chapter five, and we get to this place where it is, more love and more church and all of that than we could ever imagine. And Paul is speaking to, this is the way you Ephesians, in, your, in Christ, this is how you work, this is how you roll. And, and now we get to verse 22, and I'm not preaching on, I'm not preaching on uh, this to the extent that some of you have heard the preaching on this particular text. So bear with me, here we go. <clears throat> For wives, verse 22. This means submit to your husbands as to the Lord. For husband is the head of his wife, as Christ is head of the church. He is the savior 
of his body, the church. As the church submits to Christ, so you wives should submit to your husbands in everything. Okay? All right. Longing. Ladies, were you longing to submit to your husband when you married him? Was that this overarching desire that you go, whoo, I'm just longing to submit. I'm just longing to submit. Just can't wait for it. Okay? What does it mean to you in your mind, in your understanding, submission? And now, I'm, I'm, again, I'm not, this is a engaging, trying to engage everybody here today and online. What does it mean when it says that a wife is to submit to her husband as what? As husbands, as to the Lord. For a husband is head of the wife, as Christ is head of the church. What does it mean? Anybody? Have fun. Respecting them as head of the household. Okay? Right? So submission is respecting that, that man as head of the household. Anybody else? Anybody? Hmm. For husbands, this means, verse 25, love your wives just as Christ loved the church and gave up his life for her to make her holy and clean, washed by the cleansing of God's word. So, for husbands, this means love your wives as Christ loved the church. What does that mean? Lay down your life for them. What does that look like? Lay down your life. Online. Lay down your life. What does laying down your life for your spouse, for your wife, mean? Unconditional love. Okay? Anybody else? That's pretty good. Unconditional love. You forfeit some of your wants and your desires for what? The benefit of the other. The benefit of the other. That's, a, that's a great understanding. And to, it says to, he gave up his life for her to make her holy and clean, washed by the cleansing of God's word. He did this to present her to himself as a glorious church without spot or wrinkle or any other blemish. Instead, she will be holy and without fault. In the same way, husbands ought to love their wives as they love their own bodies. For a man who loves his wife actually shows love for himself. No one hates his own body, but feeds and cares for it, just as Christ cares for the church. We are, and we are members of this body. As the scriptures say, a man leaves his father and mother and is joined to his wife, and the two are united into one. This is a great mystery. But it is an illustration of the way Christ and the church are one. So is this more about husband-wife, or is this more about the church? Yes, okay? It is, it is both. It, is, it has both interwoven in here, painting a picture, and I think it's a very, very, very real good description that Paul gives us, because he's wanting to say to you, to me, to us, I, I want you to understand how we are to live and how we are to respond and act and so forth with one another. And, it's, and truthfully, this submission thing, it's mutual. 
It's mutual. And what you're longing for, you might be going, well, I just want my spouse to love me. I want my boyfriend to love me or my girlfriend to love me, all of that. And you're longing for something, and you're hoping that it will come from them. Or, or you're in the church and you're like, I just wish somebody would invite me to lunch. I just wish somebody would reach out to me. I just wish that they would, that they would just, just, just care enough to say something. Which our Heavenly Father's going, none of this is going to work until you find your longing and your fulfillment in me. There's no way you can love your spouse. There's no way you can love your children. There's no way you can <laughs> submit and do these things. And There's no way, and here's another one, that we can love the church without knowing God. And seeking that, that longing that is in our heart, being fulfilled in him, we will always fall short until we submit. And in that submission, you will find true life. <laughs> but we're distracted, aren't we? We're distracted and, and we're constantly looking and we're going, maybe it's this, maybe it's this thing or that thing, maybe it's this job, maybe it's this. And we're all, we're distracted and God is saying, please, 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 if you would just get it, you'll find all your longing fulfilled in me. But what are some barriers? What are barriers to finding and longing, this longing fulfilled? What are barriers? Well, um, I, was, I read stories, testimonies throughout the week of people that give their life to Jesus and have breakthroughs and so forth. But imagine if you were uh, a child growing up in a home in which your mother had multiple husbands and those multiple husbands' stepfathers kept coming into the home and raping and molesting you. And not only that, they were doing that to your children, to, to, their, to the other children. And they're doing that at seven or eight years old, this is a true story, at seven or eight years old, that seven or eight year old is, thinks, maybe I should become a prostitute. That's not normal. Life goes on and 16 years old, you get kicked out of your house. You go homeless on the street. You become pregnant. And then basically to make a living, you prostitute yourself, what you thought at eight years old you should be. And then you're all that you're longing for is Prince Charming, a knight in shining armor, somebody to wrap their arms of love around you and just go, I love you, and you can find security here. Now you're thinking you should just end it all because you've lost purpose, you've lost, you don't know your identity, you're struggling to even make it, period. And then a friend from high school few years later, invites you to her home to allow you to stay for a little bit and a little bit of warmth, a little bit of shelter. And this person tells you about Jesus. This knight in shining armor. And all the brokenness, and not, that's not to say that all of that just went away, but imagine being introduced to this Jesus, and in a moment, this person goes, 
that's what I've been longing for. That's what I've been longing for. I've been longing for somebody that would love me, accept me, desire me, be passionate about me, regardless of where I've been, what I've done, who I am, and love me unconditionally, and they find it in this Jesus. Do you know, if you're a Christian here, you're a Christian in this room today, you have found the longing that fulfills But what are barriers to all of a sudden this this gal finds this love, finds his acceptance, then goes on to get married and have more children. And she found Jesus that began to fulfill that longing she had inside. And of course, through all kinds of series of things, things became healthy. And she now to this day is serving Christ in her 30s. But what I have found is that often we don't think that we're good enough, do we? I'm not going to ask for a show of hands. How many in this room would go, I don't feel adequate? Did you know your identity in Christ is love? For God so what? Loved the world that he sent his one and only begotten son that whosoever believes in him would not perish. Do you know your identity? If you're walking around today and somebody goes, who are you, Rick? I am loved. Other than Jesus' favorite. I'm just messing with you. Jesus loves you crazy about you. You say that, you say that and you've said that so many times and it's true. He's crazy. Jesus is crazy. Our heavenly father is crazy about you. It's your identity. Who are you? I am me. <laughs> I am me. But I am also tied to my identity is I am love. And the fulfillment that you long for is, is by his spirit inside of you. So longing for love. Jesus then loves the church. And here's what I, wanna, I want you to just wrap your mind around this a little bit. When we are talking about longing for love, there's th- those of us that go, we don't feel good enough. And then there's some of us that we just live life. If you're just, maybe you're like me. You just live life and you don't even think about the things you do. You don't think, of, consciously you don't think about the, the right or the wrong, the good or the bad. You just live your life and you're like, it will just all work itself out. To which our Heavenly Father goes, no, it doesn't quite work that way. There is an element of coming and getting to know me and finding your fulfillment in me versus just going, I hope it works. You see, we're not agnostics here. We actually believe that God engages, that God touches and transforms and heals and set free and delivers. He is part of your life and my life if we will listen, if we will, if we will uh, uh, take time God will say, speak, do things that you could never imagine, and he is. So, five ways then, five ways Jesus loves the church. And, uh, and this is what I would say. There's, there is, um, some of us have, may have this thought in our mind, we don't need the church. Do you know one of the ways that God fulfills some of the longing in our heart is for us to be in a church, in a body, with people that don't often, what, find their fulfillment exclusively in Jesus and are broken people and therefore we get frustrated and angry and we get upset and therefore we want to often just go, well, they're not, what, they're not doing what they should be doing so we walk 
away from that, which our Heavenly Father's going, no, no, no. If you don't idolize, I'm not idolizing new hope. I'm not idolizing freedom. I'm not idolizing the outro. I'm, not, I'm, just, I'm just coming realizing that we're all broken. We're all vessels that, that we, we, we literally, we're going to fail one another. And when, you, when your expectations are going, I understand that people will fail, struggle, wrestle, whatever. And I'm going to choose to love them because what? my longing is fulfilled in Jesus Christ. And he is love. Therefore, my love will flow through me to them. Even if they don't do what I want them to do. Don't give up on the church. The church is the body of Christ. It's good. It's life-giving. And five ways that Jesus loves the church, the first one is head. Jesus loves the church as the head of the church. I always, I always love to say this. And the church can never be ugly because Jesus is the head, and it is a be- he's a beautiful, beautiful thing. Beautiful Savior, beautiful Lord. He took the sin that was our fault and he made it his responsibility. Isn't that like ultimate like leadership going, I'm I'm gonna take this one for the team. I'm gonna I'm gonna stand in front of the microphone, you know, after a game is lost, and you maybe it was like right now we're in the NBA finals and the game is lost, and so and so they knew that they should have done better, or or the other the teammates could have done better, and they go, I just want you to know it's it's really it's my fault. And you're like, I'm not sure I want to say that. I'm not sure I want to own that. And yet Jesus, as the head, knew that it was our fault. And he said, I'll take it. It's his way of showing you love. It's his way of showing you, you can trust him. He's here. He's working. And he is the head. Second thing, five ways Jesus loves the church as Savior, as Savior. He delivers us from what? The horrendous fates that our sin causes. And, and not just the horrendous fate of eternity separated, though that's, that's I mean, drastic. That's the extreme separation eternally from God, drastic. But how about this, that he delivers us from the horrendous fates that our sin causes, but on an everyday level. That literally every day when you make a bad decision, you make a bad choice, you say something, that he's going, it's okay. I love you. I forgive you. You're mine. You don't have to, you don't have to freak out. It's going to be okay. It's all right. Why? Because I'm the savior of your life. Not just where I wound up the, the world and said, good luck, or where I did it one time on the cross, and therefore, yes, you receive that, and then you just think, well, that was it. Now I'm, you know. No, he's saying every day you can live and understand that I save you from yourself. He's a savior. He loves the church as head, as savior. And then he loves the church as a giver, as a giver. And I love this. His own self was not his highest priority. I, I long for the day where, where I no longer think or worry about myself. I don't know about you. Where I go, Whoo, I, don't, I don't care anymore about me. I'm Lord here to give my life and lay it down. I'm just speaking candidly. 
I don't live every day like that. I struggle. It's the ebbs and flows, isn't it? You're like, oh, I'm good with this one. No, I'm not good with that one. Oh, I'll do that for you. Ooh, I can't do that. We, where eventually you go, it's no longer me that liveth, but Christ that lives in me. And Jesus, the thing that we can bank on is he's the giver. His own self was not his highest priority. And, what, and here's another thing that I've learned and continue to learn about my Savior, your Savior, if you're in Christ, is that he still gives lavishly. He gives lavishly. And regardless of what you've done, you've done, he still wants to bestow gifts. And you're like, oh, I know, I could use a new Mercedes. There's nothing wrong with that. But out of the relationship with your Savior, out of the relationship with this giver, and that's how he shows his love for the church, he will supply all of your needs according to his riches. See, five ways Jesus loves the church is he's the head, he's the savior, he's a giver. And he, his own self, was not his highest priority. Fourth, as sanctifier, he loves the church as sanctifier and cleanser. And this is a great thing. He never gives up on you. He never gives up. He's a saint. What is he longing for? He's longing to do what? To cleanse you, transform you, all of those things inside of you. And, and, and just when you're like, you're like, I took one step forward and you took three steps back and you took one step forward and you took four steps back. And he's going, I've never, I've never quit on you. I knew how you felt. I knew what you thought. And he knew it before you would do it. Imagine that. And yet, and here's the thing. He knows, he knows of your sins that you would have done, the sins that you will do, continually into the future and yet he allows you to live meaning he hasn't given up on you he's a sanctifier and a cleanser oh and here's one and you need to hear this jesus is not sick of you have you ever gotten sick of somebody yes you have jesus doesn't get sick of you And when you leave here today, you should know and you should live in that understanding that in your identity, one that that is love, is that God every day looks at you and loves you through Christ Jesus and he doesn't see all your flaws, all your failures, all your struggles. He He doesn't say, oh, because of that, they're just kind of the redheaded stepchild. He actually he actually wants to see you healed and transformed and and then he's not finished with you i'm this is encouraging um i love the fact that my heavenly father is not finished with me until you take your last breath until you take your last breath he's not finished last last one five ways jesus loves the church he's head he's savior he's giver sanctifier cleanser working through us Number five is nourisher and cherisher, and this is the this is the big one. And um, and then Cameron, I would like to sing that last that last song that you did. I was I was singing that. And I'm like, hmm. Um, that's that that to me is is going to just uh, speak into our lives in this moment. Nourisher and cherisher. The Holy Spirit inside of us 
is the one that helps us understand that the longings we have won't fulfill, and the only longing that will, will be fulfilled is the one that will be fulfilled even eternally and now is because of the Holy Spirit in us guiding us and directing us. And uh, he nourishes us and cherishes us, and he knows just what you need. And so a question I have for you today is your, what question I have, what are you longing for? I know what I'm longing for. I'm longing for, in my humanness, I long for more of this and more of that. I wish my children would do this and that. I wish my spouse would be this. I I wish I could uh, accomplish this. I'm longing for all these things. And every day in silence, the Lord goes, it will never be enough. And then the Holy Spirit in silence begins to speak and say, if you'll just surrender, I'm your source. So what are you longing for? And don't just blow that off. Are you struggling today? Online, are you struggling? There may be a reason. You're placing other things at the center. Bow your heads and close your eyes. Heavenly Father, you love us. We are love. We are loved. Heavenly Father, I pray today over your church. In fact, not, not getting into the, the whole husband-wife right now thing, but God, the thought of the church and, and the fact that you laid down your life for the church. That you laid down your life for, for us. And, and God, I understand that we can wrestle with that we, or, we can, or we can blow it off. And I pray today that, that, that we, the church, that we, the body, we that are call ourselves Christians wouldn't blow this off, but that we would seek And we would long for fulfillment. Help your church to long for fulfillment. But God, and never to be satisfied with just longing for it. And like just at the threshold, but can never get there. At the threshold, never get there. Help us, God, to get past the threshold and find our fulfillment in you, God. Help us to find our fulfillment in you. The longing that is in my heart could never be fulfilled by my wife or my children or my job or my my stuff it can only be found in you and if this church was such a big concept god if it's such a big deal you 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 knew it would be such a big deal because you laid down your life for it and you became the head of it so help us oh god to find our fulfillment in you and in turn love the church love our spouse love the way that you desire us to love great are you Lord great are you Lord so right now oh God would you fill our lungs full fill our hearts full of God you by your spirit in our lives fill us full And if there's anybody here that doesn't know this, 
great God or online doesn't know the great God, I pray today they will come to know you, Jesus, as Lord, Savior, friend. Thank you, Jesus. In your awesome mighty name we pray. Amen.